Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to Money Market Truth presented by the Come Up Series. We're part of the Come Up Series every Thursday. Come by, check us out. How you doing, Mo? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Should we introduce ourselves again? Just in case we got a new subscriber? Sure. Let's, let's we do should. It. Okay. You go first this time. I'm Mo from OTB Clubhouse. Are we doing the full introduction or? Let's go for it. Why not? Okay, cool. All right, guys. My name is Mo. Uh, I'm a day trader and a real estate investor. Uh, we do this every Thursday and uh, we talk about market. And I'm passing on to you, Mark. Mark's trying to throw me off. Like, no, man, it's all good. Hey, everyone, my name is Mark. I am with Uncultured Currency and Half Breed Observer. I am a YouTuber, an investor, a trader, and a nine to fiver. Yeah, I know it's not cool to be in and have a nine to five job, but I do, and I don't mind it because I love it. I have the leverage at my job versus the other way around. Man, how how you been, man? It's been like a, it's been about a week, right? Yeah. So how you been? Good, man. I'm glad we had the long weekend. Um, now we got get I love long weekends because then you get three days off and then the next week short mm -hmm. and I get to chill. I've lately been not trading as intensely and I've been loving it. So I've been swing trading a lot. Um, most of my trades are like a month, two months out. And I've been sort of staying away from indexes. Um, if I am trading something, it's mostly weeklies and I feel a lot better doing that. Good. Yeah, my trade's been pretty good with the collecting the premiums and stuff. I, I am back on futures a little bit. I did pretty good past the combine and stuff. I talked about it in the video that I did. So again, shameless plug, if you guys are interested in how the um was a trade with other people's money works, go ahead, go over to my YouTube channel on Culture Currency. You can watch one of the videos there as well. Um, Before we get started, though, man, I would like to thank everyone, literally everyone. I see right now, I think there's like 35 people on YouTube. I don't know how many people are in LinkedIn. But we would like to say thank you so much for taking your time to watch us on a Thursday night. We really appreciate it. Like the love that you guys are showing us, we really, really appreciate it. And thank you because I know in the finance space is a little iffy these days. Um, so we do appreciate the fact that you guys tune in every single time and allow me and Mo to speak to y'all. And hopefully you are entertained here on the Come Up series with us. Um, yeah, man. So this week, man, it's been a little bit of drama. We're not going to really talk about it here on this channel, but uh, it's been... A lot of dominoes are falling right now. A lot of dominoes within the finance and business and entrepreneur space is falling right now. So, dude, uh, like all apart from that drama, I don't. You're not on TikTok. I know you can't yeah, be on TikTok, but I've been watching these funny podcasts where there's like a bunch of dudes that are just saying random BS or comments and stuff, and they're posting it as podcast. But then they're what they're trying to tell people is a lot of podcasts are giving out stuff without backing it up with actual stuff. And so people just believe anything and everything. Like example, you could just say 80% of trading is charting or 80% of trading is mm -hmm. doing squats in the morning and doing ice showers. Mm -hmm. And people will believe it that don't know much. So like if you've noticed, I've been saying like, let's just talk about trading. I want to get a little bit away from macro because I come here and say Tesla is going to go to 60. People go home and like, okay, let me start buying puts or let me stop. So I want to start like just level based information and give very factual information. I want to stay. I want to give no room for opinions anymore. I I uh, I agree with you. Now, I'm my I mean, I do a lot of opinion related stuff, but usually when I say in my opinion, you guys should know that it's just my personal opinion. Let me mute everything. People's blowing my phone up right now. Um, so yeah, make sure y'all smash that like button. By the way, like for real. Um, but before we get into hot take Thursdays. We're going to have an open mic today. We don't really know how we want to rename this yet, but we're planning on moving forward every other Thursday when we do the hot take um, Thursdays. We want to include you guys in the conversation. So at the end, after we go through the hot takes, we would love for you guys to go ahead and uh, pop in. You're more than welcome to come in. You can ask us some questions or if you have some sort of input on something, by all means, I am going to drop the StreamYard link right here. So you're more than welcome to go ahead and uh, jump in now if you want. You're going to be in the background. So we won't bring you on until we get to the Q&A section. But we do have a question for y'all in the comments after this episode. Give us some ideas for some names that we could use for, for this type of thing. We were thinking about open mic, but I don't know if that's cool enough or not. I don't know. We're, we're two nerdy dudes. So um, you guys should definitely uh, help us with that. So, um, yeah, man, other than that, the uh, overall NVIDIA, I, I do want to talk about NVIDIA before we get into the hot takes real quick. Man, it's been on a run, right? Well, we... Uh, yeah. Can I give a shout out to one person quickly? So yeah. last open mic, someone brought up the stock called Twilo, T-W-L-O. Oh, Twilio, yep. Went over the stock. I basically ended it, texted Mark. I'm like, this thing looks insane. 
and stocks up around 25%. So good job. That was amazing. And that's why I think we need to do open mic because there's what, 60 people here and we're all looking at different stocks. So sometimes, you know, something I was not even looking at. Well, that wasn't even in my watch list. So great job on bringing that up. I forgot your name. If you're here, just let us know. Great job. Yeah, that was awesome. That was definitely, did you take the trade? No, I didn't, but okay. But it was an amazing trade to take. So yeah, good yeah. job. Yeah, I didn't take the trade either. In fact, I think we also mentioned the VIX. I mentioned the VIX. Uh, that was a good play. I didn't execute myself. I totally forgot about it the next day. Because anytime it drops like to the low 16s or in the 15s, I tend to buy it. I did buy some um, for next is it two weeks from now i think i have a two weeks from now expiration at 17 dollar call so hopefully that pans out i think there's going to be some news and stuff that's going to come that's going to kind of push push it up again as usual um let's talk about one thing that we've been wrong on nvidia right we started we were trying to short it back in when it was what 260 at 280 yeah. and it's just been going crazy been on a crazy run, but it's finally cooling off, I think, because I end up buying NVDS shares, which is the inverse to NVIDIA. It dropped into the nines, and that's when I started buying shares just to hold because I don't know when NVIDIA is going to really, really cool off. What's your thoughts on that? So I think uh, two weeks before earnings, I tweeted that I was wrong. I could clearly like there's something called Fibonacci retracement. I use that a lot, and I'm going to show you guys today. That is a very non-biased way to know when your thesis is going wrong because it will tell you if it's a retracement or a reversal. On that level, we broke 0.61 and that's what I'm like, okay, you know, this will keep going. I still think NVIDIA can go to 500 and we could potentially go to 44, 4,500, but I'll give you my biased thesis. I think we are going to go back down and I'm going to show you why we're day traders so we're going to show you levels i'm going to show you levels on what if you're buying stocks solid if you're buying options look at day trades uh but yeah i think nvidia can go up higher to about 500 a lot Ooh. of people a lot of people thought that the gap up that happened on nvidia earnings were short interest it wasn't short it was real buying it's funds that were just shitting when they saw how up it was and they were all sitting on cash so they basically started pouring in and buying. And when that happens, it there is no pullback. The pullback yesterday was just rebalancing mm. and people started shorting. So yeah, that's my opinion. Okay. I still think it's going to pull back a little bit further, at least to 280s. My thinking at least. <laughs> so we'll see. But listen, I bought shares. I got NVDS. So I will definitely shave off um, a quarter at a time while it's dropping. So we'll see what happens. But all right, let's go. Let's get into... The hot takes. You ready, Mo? Let's do it. Let's cue it up. Oh, yeah. Distress beacon. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, here we go again, Morty. Now, here we go. And here comes the hot takes with Mark and Mo. All right, get, get ready. Die. Let's get this. All right. So the first topic of the day is the debt ceiling. The House has officially passed the debt ceiling and is now sitting with the Senate. Um, so it's 99 pages. You have the opportunity to go ahead and skim through it. I know there's a lot of pages and there's a lot of information in there. But we were um, hearing a lot of uh, June 1st date. I remember when I first heard it, I was like, June 1st, why they where they get that date from? Now it's been extended to June 5th. And essentially, um, so this, this is my opinion. The Treasury Secretary Yellen, I feel like, was being extremely dramatic by setting June 1st initially. Now she's extending it to June 5th, stating that that's the date that we're going to run out of money here in America. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I think this is just a scare tactic and that she's a straight up liar in this situation. Um, I think it's just a way to get, you know, the Senate to step it up a little bit. Her urgency is key here. And I don't think that we're going to default on the debt. Um, like I said, the House already passed it. If you look through the bill, it's kind of bipartisan, depending on which news outlet you want to listen to. But for the most part, it seems like everyone kind of got a little bit of what they're looking for. Um, first and foremost, in the bill. So if uh, if this does officially pass through the Senate, this gives two years of funding. So the current administration will not have to deal with it. It will be a next administration. If it's the same one, then they deal with it again two years from now. Uh, however, here are some of the stuff that, that was under this bill. So under the deal, non-defense spending would remain relatively flat in fiscal year 2024 and increased by 1% in fiscal year 2025. 
under the deal, 11, I read it says 11 or 28 billion. I feel like it's a massive gap there, depending on what outlet you're reading. Um, I saw 11, then I saw 28 billion in rescinded unobligated COVID-19 relief funds are, are being shifted and $10 billion in money is being shifted from the IRS, which will be used to beef up non-defense discretionary spending. Also, $10 billion in funds are being repurposed for mandatory programs, and $23 billion that is designated as emergency funding would be shifted as well. Um, they're also going to start uh, restarting the student loan repayments. So everyone who was really voting based off of the hopes that the administration is going to pay off your student loans, I really likely think it's not going to happen. So I think people have to have that mindset and understand that Politicians make promises that they're not going to deliver, and this is definitely going to be one of them. Another policy I definitely don't think is going to pass at all is this um, reparations. I think it's just a waste of uh, taxpayers' dollars. It's just, it's it's just talking points to get people emotionally invested and think that people care about them. It's it's not going to pass. It's literally just wasting money. Because I don't know if you guys have been following the whole reparations. It's completely off topic, of course, what I'm talking about right now. But if you pay attention, they even said, let's say they pass um, the reparations. How are they going to fund it? Oh, well, that's not our responsibility. We're, we don't deal with how it's going to get paid out. So we're just a task force. So it's wasting money. All right, back to the um, the bill. So basically, the core of this deal is the suspension of the debt ceiling. Currently, we're at $31.4 trillion. And the plan is to basically you know, suspend that all the way until January 1st, 2025. And the Treasury Department could then use extraordinary measures to pay the bills, which will last several months. Now, the market has been reacting to this, right, Mo? Um, yeah. I think initially, I was expecting, regardless, once it gets passed, whether it gets passed or we go in default, I was expecting um, a drop. What's your thoughts? So historically, as a trader, the only thing I'm look, waiting for it to pass so I can add puts on key levels, uh, historically, it goes down. And with the whole student loan thing, that's not no way positive, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people are bullish about this they think that's going to uh, solve world problems but this whole student loan thing it's a massive issue right i don't know um so let me ask you this mark because i don't know the answer to this uh, a lot of people took those loans around covid right uh in canada those loans are all due end of this year um mm -hmm. do you know when they're due for us because there's I, a lot of grants that were given. Yeah, I don't. I haven't been following it because we didn't take it. I remember my wife's business was eligible for it. And we specifically didn't take it because there's nothing free here in America. And I know they were saying, you know, we give you free money. You don't have to repay it back. You just follow this paperwork. But no, I don't know when it's due. I did not touch it. We did not take advantage of it um, because I was worried for exactly what's happening now. I see a lot of people who are are um, getting arrested for it. Their businesses are getting shut down. They're being um, taxed. They're asking for their money back. So I don't know. I haven't been keeping up on it at all. Maybe if someone well, in the comments knows, definitely drop it in there. Let us know when that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, if you guys ha have a small business and you know anything, I'd love to know. In Canada, what they did, what if you're a small business, they gave you $60,000 and the, basically they gave it to you for a year, then they extended it. Now what they're saying is end of this year, December 31st, if you don't pay, uh, you only need to pay back 40K, you keep 20K. But if you don't pay the 40K back, you're going to get charged interest on the entire 60K starting January 1st. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, there's a lot of every almost every single small business applied for it. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a big deal. Ooh, OK. Yeah. Sarah that, sucks. <laughs> that a large amount of business loans were already forgiven. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that's good to know. Like, again, I have no knowledge on this because we did not take advantage of it. And I wonder, I want to know if it's really forgiven or not. I mean, in the end of the day, taxpayers here are paying for all this stuff anyways. There's nothing free here in America. All right. Next topic. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Next one. Goldman Sachs. we got some amazing top stock picks by Goldman Sachs. They call it the director's cut. Let's share it right here. These are some of the stocks that Goldman Sachs released today. Um, I accidentally paid for a CNBC Pro, a waste of $300. So if anyone's ever curious, uh, don't don't waste your money on the CNBC app. I don't I don't know how I didn't cancel. Anyways, they have uh, Bath and Body Works. Price is currently at 35. They believe that the price target that they have for it is $50, a 42% upside. Mm. I don't know much about Bath and Body Works. Um, you? I have trauma with that ticker. I don't think it's the one. It's the the one I was thinking is Bath, Body and Beyond, the BBBY. Oh, Bath and Beyond. They yeah, 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 yeah. So I like looked at it. I'm like, yo, are, are they looking for exit liquidity? Like just put that on the top so people buy it. 
this yeah. stuff is usually a trap to be honest um i don't know if you guys know they put the list is based on what they buy and mm-hmm. what they own they can't uh put names that they don't have so yes and you know and i'm looking at this i can i can point out some ones that i do like uh jp morgan of course uh, i think it's a solid bank so it's currently at what 136 is what they're saying uh their upside their price target is 174 so 28 percent upside then they have um what's the other one? Oh, merck and co so healthcare that one is iffy. I'm, I'm, I kind of stay away from a lot of healthcare sector stuff related because I know it, it, that that one can fluctuate depending on news. Um, and it's currently at 110. They're saying 129, so 17 upside. What I do like, I like First Solar Inc. It's currently at 203. They're estimating 272, 34 percent upside. Amazon, of course, is just obvious. I think everyone likes Amazon. What's their price target for Amazon? 165. Nice. 37 percent upside. And Warner Brothers Discovery. I've been seeing a lot of people are, are getting bullish on Warner Brothers. I have been eyeing that for a while as well. I've done some cover calls on it. I like Warner Brothers long term. So if you're an investor, I think this price isn't that bad. That's my personal opinion. I don't think this price is that bad. And if it ends up dipping even lower, accumulate some. They're going through a phase of cutting back a lot of the fat. So they've made some mistakes in the past. They're re- they're trying to readjust. They're trying to write off a lot and cancel a lot of projects that they had planned to invest. Um, if you don't know what Warner Brothers is, HBO Max, now called Max, their streaming service, they put a lot of effort into that. Uh, so I like it as a streaming service. I think it could be a good contender and one of the top three that will survive. Just not right now. They still need to do some more adjustments, but I do see a beautiful light at the end of the tunnel as an investor five to 10 years from now. Uh, currently, they say the stock is at $11. I don't think it's at $11. I feel like it's a little bit higher than that. Um yeah, can can you pull that up? I think it's it's higher than that. But their their price target for Warner Brothers is twenty one dollars, so an eighty six percent upside. That's pretty good. And honestly, if the market changes for some reason, I, I could see that that happening just based off the fact that it's been beaten up so much and is at such a low valuation currently. And um, and we just talked about Nvidia too uh, a few minutes ago. It's now it's going to be a, a one trillion dollar company here soon. So that's awesome. And if Apple continues to move up, it's going to be a three trillion dollars, I think, or four trillion, one or the other. So this is a um, short squeeze. Someone's smooth is saying is the short squeeze. So this is very interesting. So we'll see. I do like Warner Brothers, but just be careful for those. Uh, do are any of these stand out to you that you like? Uh, so WBD, uh, it's eleven thirty five currently. Okay. Um, I would pick personally shop over Amazon. Um, shop has a lot more room to go. As oh, okay. in, do you remember okay. when we had the person? I forgot. I apologize. The person that did the wheel strategy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have the same sort of thinking. I'm not saying shop is better than Amazon. I'm thinking which one's going to double faster. So oh, I, I got you. Yes. That's how I think. I'll tell you another name that's going to freak people out. A firm it used to be $110. It's at $14 right now. Um, I like it. Um, oh. That can get short squeezed. This Whoa. is a trade, though. So y'all remember, warning, warning. This is a trade. He's, he's a trader. Okay, this is not, right? You're talking about trading, Whoa. not investing, correct? Yeah, yeah. There's always a stop. I'm not like, let me hold it. It's going to, and I hope it'll go up. Like, no. 55 is my stop for shop. If it breaks 55, if you look at it, yesterday went to 55.50 or something, bounce back up. Um, but my logic, will we'll go over it. it. The term is sector rotation. We'll talk about it in a bit. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at shop right now. Oh, wow. Year to date, 62% up. I didn't know it ran like that. I know it got beaten up for a while. Uh, the, some of their earnings was pretty bad. It went as low as $23.63. So there's a, here's where I think we kind of dropped the ball, Mo, a little bit. Um, a lot of these growth stocks got their asses handed to them the past year and a half, two years, because a lot of them are not profitable. A lot of it was speculations. A lot of it was hope, right? And it seems like the market just completely disregarded that right now, and everything is running, especially these growth stocks, all the ones that got beaten, beaten up. So if you're one of those people who likes to add risk into your portfolio and you bought some of these or or dollar cost average on something, good for you. Congratulations. So I'm, I'm not that type of person. I'll tell you this. I said this. I'm not looking to pick the bottom. I've been saying that for a year. That's I'm true. looking for it to break. So I'll give you the secret. 50 moving average. That's this, on daily 50 moving average. We've taken nine trades in the last two and a half months. All entry exits. I don't know if there's any. Sarah's from the Discord. She can confirm. Not a single one failed. 50 moving average. That's it. 
Roblox, are you saying, sorry, are you saying Ro 15 or 50? 5050 moving okay. average. Roblox just broke 50 and it went nuts. Tesla is at the cusp of 50 moving average. We could keep going up. That's what I watch for. PayPal. I'm going to most likely add stocks on PayPal. PayPal okay. was, I think, 64-ish today. I added calls. Think PayPal had $75 calls come in for a million dollars. We'll go over that stuff. But my point is, I'm not looking to add below 200. I have a certain level where I'll add. And if it breaks back, I'll get out. That's sort of like my mentality. And I understand, like, Mark, we talked about Nanox, right? It went from went all the way down to six dollars and all you did um was if you average down like that gentleman that came he loves sofi and like look at where yeah. sofi is look mm -hmm. at where that strategy works for him but it wouldn't have worked in 21 it wouldn't have worked 2022 and it takes one year of it not working for you to go bankrupt so that's why i'm like i'm looking for something consistent but he's doing yeah. a real he's collecting premium so he's got other ways to make money so that will work for him um yeah, yeah 50 moving this. average on daily chart yeah on a daily chart so i will say this too yeah with all these growth stocks honestly i really do like doing cash secure puts on those if you plan on actually buying 100 shares i think is a really smart way to get into some of these growth stocks like um yeah because tj was talking about that but he he's been dollar cost averaging he's got his whole plan so he, he plays with a lot of those volatile growth stocks i'm not a fan of that i like more blue chip uh, more stable. Ford is my cheap baby that always makes me money. So I, I like that one. But yes, I think if you, um, a, lot, a lot of people did pretty well with, with some of these growth stocks, the way they're running right now. I, I wouldn't hold long term on some of these and I would definitely take some profit at least, take some profit because you never know. On another note though, you, you mentioned PayPal. I shared my current trading portfolio on Instagram. I am in PayPal as well. I, but I'm doing the, um, I have a cash. I thought it was a vertical. I looked at it after we, our podcast last week or two weeks ago. Um, it's a vertical, I got a vertical put credit spread on it. So it's a bullish trade and, um, it's doing pretty well so far. I don't like PayPal as an investment long-term. I like it as a trade. So that's just my two cents for that. All right. You're ready to go into what you, you want to cover here? Yeah, I want to talk. Well, I'll just talk about what we've been talking about. So let's just. Your mic went off. All right. Okay. How do I do this full screen? Oh, you want to do full screen? All right, let's do it. There you go. Okay. So let's zoom in. Let's look at PayPal. We're going to go over a couple of things. Okay. So daily chart. Okay. We're going to add. So this is, I'm adding this one prematurely. It hasn't done 50 moving average yet. Give me one second. Let's. So this is where I think or close to worth. I think we can get around 69 and it's a trade for me. It's not an investment for me. Um, it's the option that I added for July 21 contracts. Um, you could search what the flow was, but um, it was, let me give you the exact line that got hit. I didn't take that because that was two out the money. And let me get you the contract. It was 72.5 for July 21 for 1.16 million. I'll repeat, it was July 21, strike price was 72.5 and it was 1.16. It was something crazy cheap, like 85 cents or something. That's way too out the money for me. So I picked a closer strike price, but this is what I'm sort of looking for. I wanna show you guys, let me call this uh, a mid-year review. And what we're using here, it's called Fibonacci retracement. And the way we've drawn it, so you guys understand what we're doing here, we've taken the top of the market, and that was around November 21. And we've taken the bottom of QQQ in this case, that was 13th of October. With that, we get certain levels. And I'm going to tell you what the key levels are. The key levels are on 50th percentile and 0.618. These two are the ones that tell you that we have changed reversed course in terms of bullish to bearish, just in terms of technical. So 329 was a key level. Once we broke it, 347 has been major. We've had four candles just chilling there for the last four day, days. So tomorrow will be key. And there's a daily supply right on top of it. Consider daily supply as a sell zone. We tried hitting it two days ago. We failed. We tried yesterday. We failed. Today, we got on the top of the supply zone. So if we break this level on the upside, the next level is 372. 
However, if we get under 347 on a daily time frame, not on a five minute, if we get under 347 on the dot on under daily, there's a reversal, meaning we could go down as in touch the bottom. Uh, to start with, we can go to 329 and then the next level is 311. This is QQQ chart. It's a daily time frame, and we're using Fibonacci retracement. This is pretty key. Based on what I'm watching here, I don't want to call it sector. I see a market rotation happening. Right now, the stocks are running for by three or four names, okay? Um, let me play a video right after this, but let me give you the exact report. 10 stocks have brought up the market up by 97%, 10 stocks. So the breadth of the market's very small. This is not a gamma squeeze. Gamma squeeze, this is not a short squeeze. This is real people buying with real money. So that's good for bulls. But if we fail this area, we can get the sell off very fast. Now, I've said this before, I'll say this again. Market is made to go up long-term, simple as that. That's what the that's why S&P 500 has the best companies. They do good, market goes up. For the market to go down, there needs to be some sort of news. There's two news that are coming. First news is your debt ceiling. Historically, after debt ceiling, we sell off. That's your window of weakness. Second is we've got quad witching coming. And this one's gonna be the biggest quad witching. From now until June 16th, which is your OPEC state, you could see big moves. There's two levels that you want to watch out to where we can pin at, meaning that's where we can close on on June 16th. Level one is either 4,300. If we close at 4,300, you're looking at a next leg up to 4,500. On the reverse, the other pinning point is 4,000. If we get to SPX 4,000, then we got more lows coming in. So that's what you got to watch out for. Let me add this video. I got to do this one a little bit different uh, for let me. Hold on, because the audio won't play otherwise. Give me one second. Yeah, and while you're doing that, um, some one of the you said ten stocks are holding up the market now. I know there's a big three tech stocks that are holding it up. Microsoft, clearly AI. So for everyone who's into AI, I know you guys saw the C3 AI. It crashed. It's a crap company. Always has been. I didn't trust it. I, I expected it to go down. I tried to do an iron condor to play with it as paper money. Did not work out. Um, but the three big stocks: Microsoft, Apple, and Meta. Those three have been running like crazy. Um, I think Apple may soon hit all-time high. Meta, I think, is currently 52-week high, isn't it? Or is it getting close there? So is Microsoft. So those three are close to the 52-week high. Um, don't feel like you missed the boat. I'm sure there will be a correction coming, at least somewhat of a pullback, but we'll see. All right, Mo, we got it ready? Yeah, let's do it. Right. Um, so the ball is very compressed. Indexes are pinned. We're at uh, over one year lows kind of in realized vol. Uh, implied vol has followed suit. Um, and uh, and guess what? Uh, 90, only 10, 10 stocks represent uh, 97% right um, of the increase in the market. And so something has to, you know, as all the other stocks are declining, something has to counterbalance that. And that is not surprisingly the short fall center, which is all those calls being bought in NVIDIA. Mm. Eight days ago, we had record levels of call buying in those names. That speculation is forcing dealer short ball in that complex. And this is a simple dispersion trade at its finest, right? And this is market microstructure at work. Um, this, this is why breadth matters. It gives you when the index is not moving, but the majority of the stocks start going down. That tells you something about the reality, the fundamental realities of liquidity versus what might be happening just structurally under the hood. And when you start to see divergences, not just like that, but in other parts of the market, that's a clue that this is a flows, flows-based phenomenon and not a fundamental phenomenon. When those divergences happen, that happen, that's generally a very, very good clue to what might be coming. So um, I want to just wrap this up because I don't want to take too much time. Uh, Mark, if you want to open it up for questions, uh, my part's done. All right. Yep. So that will conclude Hot Take Thursdays. Now we're going to open up the floor. Um, all you have to do is click on that StreamYard link that's in the chat. You're more than welcome to come in or ask any questions. If you don't feel comfortable coming in and asking questions, um, by all means, feel free to go ahead and ask some questions here in the chat. If we don't get anything, we'll just uh, wrap it up for the day. But first of all, thank you. 90 people are in a chat today. That's um, amazing. Thank you so much. Seriously, y'all, thank you. Make sure you click thumbs up and um, share the video if you would like. So the floor is open.
All right, Mo. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Mo? While while we wait to see if someone um if someone's gonna come in here, what's your yeah? Well, right. the biggest thing like I keep hearing from people is like I see people just post profit screenshots and like social media is getting to a point where it's getting toxic. Too people are like uh, people are saying market's gonna go up, people are saying market will go down, and a lot of people are just confused because people aren't taking accountability. For the last three four days, people have been saying market will go down. And it's been happening for months, but they keep losing money, yet they keep telling people to buy puts. So I think playing level to level is best, which is why I'm getting away from the macro, because I feel like that can mess up with people's mind. Like, I think Tesla will do 60, but right now I'm in Tesla calls because I think we're getting to 245 first. Does that make sense? Like, mm -hmm. And so I want to make sure like people understand that like um, there's macro and there's micro. I don't. I'm starting to realize that macro doesn't really help people at all because it's good for entertainment, but how do you make money tomorrow? So that's what I want to focus on. Like 50 moving average on stocks, if they're above it, that shows strength. That's something that can help you when you're looking at it. Fibonacci retracement, that's something that can help you. A lot of TOS, um, so not TOS, a lot of brokerages have free Fibonacci. They, they work somewhat. You can use that as well. Uh, they should give you an idea of what the stock is doing from its all-time high to all-time low. Yeah, with um, some of these indicators, like the RSI, I know a lot of people have the RSI, they have the 50, they have the 200, they have the, the nine indicators. All these indicators, just remember they're delayed, okay? So uh, don't solely rely on them. They're there just to confirm your trade. If you are unsure what to use, always use supply and demand. That's what me and Mo both use. Um, we've talked about that in the past. I think one of our very first episodes, Mo, didn't you go over supply and demand shortly yeah. and just try to show people exactly how to find supply and demand? Because when he pulls up his charts, you'll see the red is usually the supply, the green or yellow. What is it? You use green or yellow? I, I use yellow. You use green, green is right? demand, buy demand. zone, okay. sell zone, supply, red. Yep. And that's also a way where you can get your entry points for your stocks because during a bear market, uh, I was plotting out all the demand zones on stocks that I want to buy and majority of them hit. That's really how you can get a lot of your, your levels. Just go to the daily or the weekly or even a monthly. Start drawing your demand zones if you want to buy shares in certain companies. Uh, they're not going to always hit, but the further out the time frame, so like the monthly or the weekly demand zones, you have a better chance of, of getting some pretty good prices. You just got to be patient. Um, I've been killing it with Getting buying almost the bottom. I'm just terrible at at selling when I when I should be selling. So that's that's where I sometimes have issues. Just so far this year, I've been good. I'm profitable this year, so I can't complain. So six. So Mark, they have a couple of questions. We'll go with them. Uh, sure. I see two. We'll go over them. The first question is, I'm in Tesla calls. Does this mean Mark Monroe is correct about Tesla? It's perspective and context. So I'll explain you why. Is Mark in stocks? It doesn't really matter. He's going to keep averaging down. It doesn't matter. We could be both right. We could be both wrong. And the idea is what's the time frame? I said, I shouldn't say I, me and Mark came here when Tesla was around 400-ish. We still go down to 150. It went down all the way to 100, then popped back up. I still think this thing's going back to 60. Um, but long-term, this information doesn't help you at all. So I don't want to talk about it. But level-wise, 245, in my opinion, 208 needed to break today. 208 broke first 205, then 208, 215, then 225, then 245. Those are my levels. You got to ask yourself, what is your goal? And then only listen to people that have the same goal. So if I'm trading and you're investing, our goals will match. So when me and Mark talk, there's no point arguing because we have a completely different um, goal in what we're going to do with that. Like my calls are for June 16th. After June 16th, I don't care. That's sort of how I trade. Um, second question is, you do you have any uh, comments on that, Mark? Um, no, I'm still overall bearish on Tesla for this year. Um, last year, we were right so far. This year, it's not playing out. Tesla is, is running pretty well, but I, I do keep my eye on Tesla I like the car, but I still fundamentally think that it is, for the most part, right now, a car company. Until I see it differently in the earnings, if I see that things are shifting, that's when my thesis may change. I know a lot of people are betting on Tesla in the future and what is planning on bringing. I get that. Everyone has their, their own opinion. I'm just not a 
super duper Elon simp and believe that everything he says is going to come to fruition because there's a lot of stuff he said that hasn't. So I just want to see how things play out. But you guys already know I, I trade Tesla. I And if you if Tesla's too expensive for you at this point, also look at TSLL. That's what I would trade the last time when I touched Tesla. Bought shares in TSLL and I sold them recently once um, Tesla got in the 190s. Um, could have held it longer if I wanted to. But if you're if you were a believer in Tesla, don't it doesn't matter what Mark Monroe says. It doesn't matter what we say. Stick to your thesis. This is why um, a lot of these dominoes are falling within the finance community, because a lot of people are relying on the content creators and the entertainers and the people talking like me and Mo. Um, we have certain opinions and perspectives on stocks and companies. And we come here and we share our thoughts. Ultimately, though, you do need to do your own um, due diligence. For example, I've been shitting on Palantir for years. Until recently, I've been right. Um, I actually know what Palantir does. Not a fan. I don't like the way the company is ran. I think they dilute the shit out of their shareholders, but it's running up because of AI. Who would have thought that Palantir was going to actually remain over $10 right now? And it's been running and I think it may be potentially short squeeze. I don't know. But it's running. I don't think it's worth $14. I don't think it's worth $10. Um, I think it, it's a lot of it has to do with AI. But again, that is my my thesis on it. My thoughts. Make your own thesis. You saw TJ come here. He's a believer in Palantir. A lot of people are believers in Palantir and SoFi. There's a whole community of people out there. One of my buddies, Amit, loves it. His whole channel is about Palantir. And no matter what I tell him, he, stick, he stuck to his guns. Yes, he bought at 20 and I think at 15. I think his average is at 15. Um, but he kept buying even when it went down to $5. And now look at it. And people who bought it at $5 or $6 or $7, they're like, ha, you were wrong because they're up 40% right now, 40 to 50%. So, um, but as for, there's, you know, it was another question there. It says, hey, I just joined. What's your take long-term on Tesla versus NVIDIA that have the best future growth? Now, I just, I guess we just talked about Tesla so more on NVIDIA. What's your thoughts on um, NVIDIA? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, so I think what's happening here is quickly cover. There's a sector rotation going on in market rotation and the laggers are running, which is why I said shop PayPal. And it doesn't matter what we think in terms of um, PE ratio and all that crap. It's just, they're just catching up. So that's why everything's moving up. That's why I'm like, okay, let me add shop. Let me add a firm. That's why we're doing that. I think NVIDIA, uh, people will take profit. Like Kathy's been selling it nonstop. The money will move to Tesla because uh, people are looking at percent. They're not looking at PE ratio. They're not. It's the, the profile of people that buy NVIDIA also buy Tesla. Okay. There's no doubt about that. And so they're taking profits and moving the money to Tesla and other companies. Um, I was live yesterday and I talked about this. Yesterday, you saw what they were selling. They were selling NVIDIA, Apple, Meta. They were buying Tesla. So the money is moving and you're going to start seeing small and mid cap come in rotation soon. So that's what you want to uh, keep an eye on. And for me, like what Mark was saying, that a lot of people come in and they give you their thesis. Personally, when I'm like, I'm a trader, I'm not an entertainer, I'm not an investor. I come in, if I'm giving you anything trading related, I'm actually in it or I have like some sort of um, money in it. That's why I said PayPal, shop, affirm, and they get called out live. So when I'm actually talking about macro thesis, I got zero to do with it. Like I'm not short Tesla share. I do have NVDS and my average is pretty high. I'm at 19.5 full transparency. That was my first ad. I'm just waiting. I haven't added. I will add, but that's sort of like what I do. But that's not as an investor position. That's still a trading position. I think now that we're talking about macro, I think by next summer, we should have a full-blown recession with the target levels I'm talking about for all of these companies. Just to give you a time frame, because you know a lot of people say market will go down and then it goes down in the next drop, which happens 20 years. And I just replayed this video and tell you, told you so. So I'm adding a time frame. Next summer, we should have those levels that I'm talking about, in my opinion. Yeah, I like NVIDIA. I think out of all the chips is one of the stronger ones. A lot of it has to do with the AI hype, though. So I'm not comfortable um, if I was buying it long term. I, I would not be comfortable buying it currently at this level. But like Mo was saying, it could go to 400, it could go to 450. I'm, I'm not willing to risk that. Um, but out of all the chips, yeah, I like AMD. I like NVIDIA. I expected NVIDIA to go a little bit lower. I was expecting to go to 100. It got to 140. No, did it go to 100? 
Ah uh, no, it went to one sixty. I think that was the lowest. I thought it went. No, to no, 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 no. It, it went, had to be lower because I, I bought some shares and I at one forties, I think, and I sold at one sixty. Um, so one oh six. One oh six. Okay, so it didn't hit my price high, which was exactly one hundred, I think, but it got close to it, and then it ran up. I didn't think it was going to run up the way it did in such a short time, but uh, Nvidia, I think, overall long term is a solid play out of all the chips that are the cheapest it's intel <laughs> and i know intel's even been running like crazy as well um me and mark used to go back and forth with intel i was an intel simp um not anymore it just had too many bad earnings after bad earnings after bad earnings so in, until something changes fundamentally overall i'm not touching that again um luckily i didn't lose a lot of money all right we have a person here in the background trey so we're gonna bring on trey um what's going on trey how you doing hey i'm doing all right can you guys hear me Yes, I hear you loud and clear. I just had a question about um, indicators. So I've, I've been using the money flow index over the relative strength index, and I know that they're similar, uh, but I don't quite understand how similar and different they are and, like, what the pros and cons of using um, either or. I don't like RSI. I, I tend to like money flow indicator uh, more. Um, I just want to know if you guys had any like. But I, mean, I know I can look on Investopedia, but I just want to see what you guys uh, thought about those two indicators. Yeah, I'll, I'll add my two cents here in a second because um, I'm not familiar with the money flow indicator. I've seen it before, but I don't use it. I actually use the RSI. I know you said you don't like the RSI. I like the RSI. I personally do not like to use a lot of indicators. I do supply and demand, um, occasionally Fibonacci. And then the only other one are the moving averages. Um, but I do not use the money flow. Mo, are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I'm just looking at it. I could just tell you, basically, it's a lag indicator. Uh, it's not a lead indicator, meaning it's taking a bunch of data and processing it. But by the time if you're day trading, it's not helpful. Um, it's kind of like why RSI isn't helpful, because if it's is overbought, and I used to think that means sell, but I've seen AMD overbought for days. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, just yeah, means true. it's yeah. in demand. Like, people are buying it, and that's what you want. You want stuff... That's in trend and anything that's in trend usually goes overbought. So I don't personally, bro, watch this. My suggestion to you is look at moving averages. Those are the easiest ways to identify trend because that's what the funds are watching. Look for stuff that's based on math. So price and volume will always win. Now, moving average is also a leg indicator, but on a longer yeah. time frame, it works. So, yeah. No, thank you guys very much. And yeah, I, the moving averages, I definitely use those. Um, I, uh, I've read, um, I read a bunch of different books and um, yeah, moving averages are great. Right now I'm reading through um, Brian Shannon's uh, anchored volume weighted average price just to learn that because it's, uh, it's pretty interesting uh, just to see how confluence works with the moving averages and the, and the VWAP and everything. But thank you guys. You guys do a good show. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Trey. Awesome. Thank you, Trey. All right. Um, so we had another question here real quick. It's um, from Sarah. No, no. He's talking about the money flow indicator. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the money flow, the four stages where to buy. Um, one of my buddies actually uses those four stages. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but no, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a different indicator on like TradingView or Thinkorswim. I think it might be on Thinkorswim as well. So I'm not sure. Um, yeah, and then someone, Jacob Summers, said, asked, opinion on QQQ drop. I think we just already covered that, right? But I guess you want to just reiterate it. Yeah, I talked about it yesterday, too. It's rebalancing there. <clears throat> so if something is, let's say, Kathy, she's at the end of the month looking at her pie, and she's looking at where she needs to trim and where she needs to add. So someone like Kathy could have sold NVIDIA, Apple, because they're all close to a very all-time high meta. And then she started adding Tesla and some underperforming sectors, which is what I keep telling you guys. Laggers, look for laggers. If Amazon is running, what's something that's sympathy that might go? AI sympathy was Oprah. So you could pick stuff. VRAR is sympathy for the Apple event. So they're going after stuff that's lagging in comparison. So um, look for that kind of stuff. But QQQ dropping was a rebalancing act. It wasn't like anything crazy. Um, there's something called MOC, market unclosed. It was a big order for MOC. So that's the stuff you want to keep an eye on. Cool. Do we have any other questions? Give it a second. Um, by the way, I'm not going to, the person who does do the four stages of the money flow, um, we're planning on bringing him on here soon. I'm cool with him. So Hopefully he'll be okay with um, coming on a show. 
because um, you know sometimes people are a little afraid to to deal with me because of my outspokenness with some of the financial literacy stuff. But I think you'll come on. I know exactly what you're talking about because we're going to eventually get cover um, investing, which we do a lot of trading here. But I want to get into investing as well. I have some good content creators and people who are actually working for firms who are willing to come on here and actually teach and talk about you know the, the fundamentals of looking over the balance sheet. Um, looking over earnings and et cetera. So keep an eye on for that. But all right, it uh, looks like that's it. So Mo, you got anything else? I'm good. All right, I have nothing else as well. Everybody, oh, wait, hold on. One more, one more. <laughs> Thoughts on SoFi. You want to go on that one first? Yeah, it's, why do you think SoFi is running? Do you think they all of a sudden became a better company or people had like this epiphany that, oh my God, it's so cheap. I must buy it. It's, so Goldman Sachs about a month ago um, basically sent a report to all their brokerages saying there's a list of laggards, meaning stuff that's lagging. And that's what mm -hmm. they're looking at, because like what Kem said, 97 percent of the market is moving by 10 stocks. And so now this is a good thing for bulls because the breadth is getting wider. Different sector are getting the money and. Yes, there. this is part of it is short squeeze on these stocks and part of it is real buying. And the short squeeze is causing the real buying because people are like, okay, now it's finally going back up. That's what it is. Um, in terms of, um, you want to add something? Because we have another question. No, so far, when it comes to SoFi, um, it's looking better. Fundamentally, it is looking better. Their earnings that are coming out is looking better. Um, I'm just not in the business of looking at a company that's a starter mm -hmm. bank kind of that has a lot of student loan debt and is still trying to establish itself just overall. It is looking better, though. I see they're doing better with their debt and everything. I just right now, so far, if I had to choose any bank, that's that wouldn't be the first one that I would look at, even though it's cheap. Now, as a trade, absolutely. I've traded Ron, so also, your homework today is pull a daily chart on SoFi and put a 50 moving average and you're going to notice it broke the 50 moving average and had a breakout. And that's look for stocks that are doing that. Maybe we cover that next week on how to do that. Uh, but question, this is probably the last question because we're now hitting the one hour mark. Um, what you think about WWR and um, the EV battery space? Mark, you want to take this? Yeah, so um, I, I just looked up WWER, never heard of it, but it's Westwater Resources. It's 87 cents. Um, no, it's down year in one year. It's been down 32 percent. Um, I don't know enough. Look, I'm going to be real with you guys. If you ask me questions and I don't know anything about the company or haven't done research, I'm not going to sit here and give you some some levels where to buy or, or, or pull shit out my ass and tell you it's an amazing company because I don't want to do that because I don't want you to get stuck with a company or a stock that may be crap and i'm just trying to say stuff to sound smart I'm not going to do that here not familiar with westwater resources um as for um ev battery space there is so tj was talking about how he's really bullish on neo i like what neo was doing with the replacing the battery there in china i think that's a cool idea um overall the ev battery space i think tesla has that locked down that is one thing i do like about tesla when it comes to ev space i think um there's gonna overall there is still a massive demand for the battery i know um there's some companies out there i believe that just focus on on ev batteries i just haven't looked into them um but i think if you can find a good company that produces batteries and um it wouldn't be a bad idea to try to scale into a little bit of it because i do think it's going to be the future um, for Roman, <clears throat> the 50 moving average on ENPH is 184.92. Um, that is also where it can break out for a gap fill. I would, here, let me just, can I know? Never mind. The chart yeah. won't share. Um, anyway, so 184.92 is what I would watch. Um, if not that, then I would wait for a, a drop to 165. So that's a pretty big drop at 165, but pull i know you know this so i'm gonna say pull an hourly chart find out where the demand zone is either you buy it on a breakout which is over 185 or you catch it on a demand in the middle i wouldn't touch it okay end phase so my personal opinion on end phase i like end phase even as a long-term investment i like end phase i've been waiting for end phase to drop down like it has been year to day is down 28.36 percent um it dropped down to 160 i have been trading it at that level um, had a, like, a nice little run here just now. Uh, I like Enphase. I think Enphase is a great company overall. I think it was definitely overvalued for a very long time. And it, and it was just too high. And the price was at, what, 300? What's the 52? 339 
was the, the high and then the low was 152. And um, so I think if you want to be an investor in this, scaling small, because um, again, like any any bad news, any major pullback, this could fall um, below 152 possibly. But here, you're still the beginning phases of a recovery on end phase. And I do like the company overall. If you look at it, it's been a massive runner for a while until recently because of the sell-off. If you look at the five-year chart, it's, oh, it's up 3,500% in a five-year period. It started running as well as um, at the same time that Tesla did during 2020. Uh, the only difference between that and Tesla is that it continued to run for a pretty long time until recently. Now it's falling off again. So, all right. That's is, is that pretty much it? Yeah. yeah. I think we answer everyone's question. So, again, everyone, make sure you give us a thumbs up. Uh, share this. Please, please, please share this. And, and again, we really, really appreciate the fact that you guys have shown up today and shown us love. We appreciate we appreciate every single one of you. We really do. Um, so continue to stop by. Uh, hopefully you are entertained and learned a little bit of something. Do you have any last words for the audience there, Mo? Yeah. So if we could get 10 people, not a lot, but you had 90 people. If we get 10 people to share this on Instagram and tag us, we'll do a class on how to find these stocks before they happen. I'll show you a simple free tool. It'll take me 20 minutes. I'll do a separate class, but we need 10. Is that a good number, Mark? 10 people no, to tag us? No, F that. 90. I'm joking. <laughs> That's fine. 10. Oh. 10 should be good enough, okay? 10, 10, 10 we'll should do be a class. Enough. Yes. And you guys, you know, you can find me on Instagram at unculturedcurrency. One word, no underscore, no dashes. There's a bunch of people who like to make fake accounts of uncultured currency for some reason. And you could also find me on Half Breed Observer together on Instagram. That's my political channel as well. So make sure you go over there and check me out on YouTube. Uh, Mo, where can they find you? Uh, OTB Clubhouse, also one word. That was it? I felt like you were going to yeah. continue to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I appreciate y'all. Seriously, really do. You guys have a safe weekend. And, um, you know, be careful out there. Don't don't fall. Biden fell. It's uh, I know a lot of people making fun of him, but the guy's old. That, that was, was kind of sad to see. It was hilarious, but sad at the same time. Um, but just be careful out there, everyone. Until next time. Let's roll up our outro. We see you guys next week. That's 100.